Hello everybody, this is Paul from Eat to Perform and I am here with my lovely co-host Sarah Kumar. Sarah, do you want to let everybody know that you're here by saying hi? Hi everyone, I'm here. <laughs> the, it's so weird because, you know, like I don't know why Facebook doesn't have like the ability to do two, right? Like, yeah. you know, how many people would use that? It would be unreal, right? Yeah, um, totally. So I want to talk about a few things, but I want to start off with um, we've been a little bit more active on Instagram recently. And so one of the pictures that I posted now, just so you guys know. So if, you, if you're not familiar with like how social media works from a business perspective, okay, um, when you are a bigger brand and you spend a fair amount of money on your social media presence, um, people will often try to get in. And it's sort of when you'll see like comments, you know, on a business page from, you know, youtubefitness.com, right? This is a great video. What they're really trying to do is make you more aware of the fact that there is a YouTubevideos.com page, right? So we always end up deleting those. Instagram's a little bit more sophisticated, though. So you have a lot of Instagram fitness models that, that really don't want to pay for their own advertising. And so, you know, they it's been kind of a crazy fest over there with people that are trying to like kind of gleam off of our shine, right? Kind of right. thing. And so I posted this this um, this picture of rice checks and I talked about, you know, and I mean, it's so funny, people's view on, on rice checks, it, you know, I, I feel like we're a lot farther along, but then occasionally, you know, I, I think about Facebook, like as an example on Facebook, people kind of know who we are, they know what yeah. we're talking about, right? Totally. And and most of the people that are gonna like throw something weird in there, they they're probably gone, you know. Right. Um, either by choice or not by choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just being honest. I mean, we curate the page, so if you're gonna come on our page and spam us, you know. So on Instagram, they're a little bit more sophisticated with their spam, right? So, you know, I think this on rice checks. And so this is the best way I can think about saying it. So, like, I hope Alabama fans aren't, aren't offended by this because clearly I'm an LSU fan, right? And I do not hate on Alabama fans at all. I, um, I won't go as far to say that I like them. But I will say that <laughs> most LSU fans hate you guys to the core, Right? And hate Nick Saban to the core, almost to an unreasonable amount. Like, like, like my family, as an example, when they start talking about Nick Saban. I mean, Sarah, you have no idea. Like, there's bars all over Louisiana, right, celebrating the national championship, um, and they cut out Nick Saban's face. Right? Oh that, my god! That's how much everyone hates Nick Saban in Alabama. Right now, Alabama fans will go, well, yeah, that's because we win and you guys don't, which um, <laughs> they kind of have us there, right? But like, like my point being, yeah, but my point being, right, is that LSU fans think that all Alabama fans suck and some might suck, right? But all Alabama fans do not suck. 
just because they root for Alabama, right? right. It's sort of like hating on rice checks, right? right? Like rice checks never did you any harm, you know? And so like <laughs> no. this, this lady's fact, like, you loved rice checks at one point. Yeah, the such and such. Who didn't love puppy chow? Yeah, so so like the you know instagram fitness for life or whatever they call themselves you know they want to start up this big conversation on processed foods and i'm just like man this feels like a conversation from five years ago i thought we'd move past this but apparently we're going back to the dark ages and eventually i just deleted it just because i don't have time for that shit um <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like um i, I hope Alabama fans. That you have to delete things because people get so crazy. It it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. And and just right. just to be clear, Alabama fans, there's a lot of there's a lot of LSU fans that suck too, right? Just stop um, it. Stop it now. I'm figuring stop out a way it. to isolate. Why are you trying to start riots? <laughs> Why? Why? You love to start riots. Here he comes. Captain Caveman with his bat again. Oh my Here he God. comes. I mean, I might as well go in on on Ole Miss too, right? Because. Oh. Yeah, why not we, I have I had the best the best story from from Ole Miss. So this was the year that um and so like most of the people listening to this are are gonna be females. Um so I'll be real quick. But this was the year Eli Manning is a senior. Don't watch sports? Well, I mean I I think that there's probably this one particularly, but yeah. you can keep talking. Yeah, but I think that like most people would be interested in this just from the perspective of uh, if they if they root for one team or the other, right? And so um, this was the Eli Manning, you know, Eli Manning's a senior, pretty much the winner of this game, coolest game. Like like I fell in love with Oxford. Um, I did not necessarily fall in love with the people. Um, and, uh, cause I mean, they were, they were kind of, they were kind of, they were, what was funny about it is I was staying in Tunica cause I was playing in a poker tournament right near there. And, uh, the, um, just, you know, the rivalry of course gets a little bit heated. So anyway, long story short, I ended up buying 50 yard line seats. So most LSU fans are sitting kind of in the corner, whereas, you know, I'm sitting amongst all the Ole Miss fans. And I told my dad, because, you know, some of these games get really, really heated. And so when you know you're on the 50-yard line, you know, just dress normal, right? Don't don't yeah. don't come in your LSU gear, you know. Um, yeah, and, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I can literally go on the podcast – for hours talking about my dad and I going to sporting events, right? Um, God. But, this is the one I'm thinking of. This one's really good. But we had four tickets. We had to buy four tickets, and we bought the four tickets for $4,000. Um, and so we had two tickets for $2,000 that we need to get rid of. Easily got rid of them, right? 50-yard line seats, no problem. Um, one of the biggest games in both schools' history. Um, and in that process, you know, my dad was trying to unload the seats. Now I will tell you this, I, you know, I put myself through college 
scalping. I never really talk about this very much, but mm-hmm. I put myself through college scalping sporting tickets, mostly in Chicago. That's what's interesting. Oh, hey. Yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. Well, not to you, right? But people from Chicago, <laughs> of course, I'm talking to those folks. I'm from Chicago. Stop it. But my dad. What do you mean? I'm from the um, outskirts of Chicago. Yeah. I'm from the suburbs. Yeah. People like don't you, say that. If you consider you're, you know, you live near Milwaukee as the outskirts of Chicago, then yes, you're from Chicago. But you're going to get fired. But getting, getting, to, getting to the point, you know, um, my dad is the worst scalping partner ever, right? And I would constantly tell him, you know, like just stay out of it you know like like just there's there's no point it always ends up in kind of a bad situation between you and i just go over here chill out he's like i'll just put my fingers up right two we got two tickets i'm like dad just don't do it don't do it right so he puts his fingers up two tickets and there's this kid who's like 18 19 years old you know, this kid does not have two thousand dollars. You know, oh like like you gotta understand who's your clientele, right? Oh and anyway, long story short, you know, um, the guy asks for the tickets. My dad tells him it's a thousand dollars. They they almost get into it right there, right? Um, and I have to kind of break them up. And I was like, that's why I told you not to do it, right? So we're going around looking at private suites and stuff like that. I get rid of the two tickets at what we paid, no problem, right? Um, the guy was upset, and if you're not familiar with like how ticket brokering works, you know now it's much more, you know, um, you know there's there's broker companies all over the the country. It's elite, it's legal, you know. Back then there was like a negative twinge to it, right? Um, but the kid wanted the tickets at face price. And my dad was like, well, we can't give them to you at face price because we, and at that time we were thinking we might have to take a hit on it. Right. So we might have to sell them for like $800. You know, mm-hmm. my dad's like, I don't know. Maybe the kid's got $800. Well, the kid's, the kid's like eating ramen noodles, dude. You know, he doesn't have $800. You know? So, so anyway, long story short, um, we're walking into the game after selling and the guy says something to my dad, you know, and I swear it was one of the funniest moments. Cause my dad, you know, even at that point, I mean, how old he's 65 now, he's maybe 55 at that point, which I thought was old. Right. And now I'm getting closer to 55. I'm like, that's not that old. You know? No, it's not. And, um, uh, the kids, kind of pretending like he's about that life <laughs> and my oh no my dad gets up in his grill and he oh, figures no. out real fast he's not about that life and as he's doing it he backs up and he's he trips over the curb and and I pick him up and my dad and him are still kind of going going this and that and I said hey look man here's the deal you know you just stay here. Maybe somebody gets you a ticket. But right now, 
we're going in that game on the 50-yard line, and you're out here. So you quit talking. <laughs> you quit talking trash, right, to my 55-year-old dad, who is quite ready to whip your ass right now, right? I said, we out of here. Peace, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was funny. So we didn't ingratiate a lot of fans uh, in Ole Miss at that time. Uh, I have to say, I, I, I've had great experiences, actually, in those scenarios. Uh, Florida, I love Florida. Like, Florida fans were great. LSU took a whoop in that time. Um, but we had a great time with Florida fans. Had a okay time. The problem the problem what you get with some of these games, and, and I will move on to the Christmas Abbott thing. problem what you get with some of these games, nobody's going to go to a game doesn't matter, right? So if it matters to your team and if it matters to our team, you know, then, you know, that's when tempers flare. I mean, when I was in Chicago for a New Orleans Saints game, and I will move on, but um, this, I mean, the only thing that I could think to say is this guy was a homeless guy, right? So he's a homeless guy. The New Orleans Saints are losing the game, and this guy gets up into the grill of this other guy, right, that's a New Orleans Saints fan as he's leaving, and the guy literally, the guy from New Orleans pulls out a gun and puts it in his face. And I'm just thinking, 25, oh to, my God. 25 to life for a wild card game? I mean, I can see the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh Super Bowl, maybe you pull the gun out. But wild card game, and we, you know, we all kind of knew the Saints were going to lose that game. You might just want to keep that, get that gun. <laughs> Back in the that home. is so crazy. That, that's just the stupidness of sports, right? Um, that's crazy. And that's just dudes doing dudes sometimes. Um, anyway, um, so so I don't know how we got there from like ins- from Instagram you models. Back, you were like trying to start riots and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, from Instagram models like not liking re- rice checks to dudes pulling guns on people at a sporting event. Um, anyway. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about the Christmas Abbott thing. I'm not going to go too long on it because I know people are interested in kind of the science-y part of performance and muscle game. But yeah. I am a big, big brother fan. Have been since um, season one. I did have a little bit of a connection, just friend-to-friend thing, similar to what it will be with Christmas. Um I knew of Vanessa really well. She was very well known within the poker world. I played with her on, you know, at World Series of Poker. Um, I kind of remember playing with her um, at the Poker Stars event um, on the World Poker Tour uh, one year before she got to be fairly well known. Um, she did a really good job. Vanessa did. Uh, if you don't know, Vanessa came in third. Her sister came in. Um, but she she literally made that show and it's funny because people don't understand what makes the show good right so Vanessa was like this manipulator and then she cried all the time and she started all this drama but what what was the best part about Vanessa is that she was constantly paranoid right and I kind of knew that a little bit from her poker experiences, like what kind of the the game with Vanessa was when things were going good for Vanessa, she was lights out, right? Duke student, game theory, really good. Right. When things started to go bad, right, 
she just loses it, you know, and that was her kind of flaw that you could use against her. And so if you could, if you could get her where, you know, she's in her head a little bit and not thinking about the game, it was going to be something that was going to be favorable for you. And at the end of the day, you know, it probably cost her $500,000. The only angle that she could go with was, well, I'll just try to annoy everyone in at the end of the game you know, people go, well, didn't she play such a great game because we're all in here sitting because of her, right? So she was really smart, but the problem with that game is that being seen as too alpha or being seen as too smart is a good ejector seat, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know Christmas at all. I don't think I've actually ever met her in real life. But when Ether Reform first started, um, this was right when she started getting like a big following on Facebook. Um, we were getting a big following on Facebook. And, you know, we would post her videos. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw no problem with it. Once her book came out, which mm-hmm. um, the... Uh, we're having a little bit of an issue with the Facebook feed. Um, but once her book came out, I sort of went away from doing that just because um, I didn't think her, um, I, did, I didn't want to give her shine, right? Right. For what I believe was a really harmful book. You know, it, right. you know if you don't know much about the book, and, and once again, that's not a criticism. Christmas might be greatest person on the planet, you know. But in terms of... Um, Nutrition advice, right? Mm-hmm. See, this is this is part of the problem. And this is actually kind of interesting because this is a little bit of the problem with the Instagram thing. These Instagram models try to get shine off of these bigger brands because they know that you're going to click their profile and they're going to go, oh, wow, this person has abs. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's a stock photo, right? In Christmas Abbott, you know, well, she's got abs. I mean, how'd she get that following? I mean, let's be real. She got that following because, you know, there was a lot of, you know, pictures <laughs> that... Sexy. Yeah, she Sexy. Got, so let's, just, let's just say she got a million fans and 750,000 of them were dudes, right? Right. Um, right. Un, under the age of 13. Um, <laughs> age of 13. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly... <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly joking. I, I have no ill will towards um, Christmas Abbott. Um, but her her book, if you don't know, was sort of a combination of paleo and eat less, right? And we kind of stand in contrast to that, so it didn't make any sense for us to promote her. Um, hopefully she's learned more since then, but you know, she's still kind of pushing this book. The book actually was funny on Amazon. It got crushed. I mean, it was like half a star, you know? Um, and then, you know, she made a pitch for her fans and you know, there's a lot of people that are big fans of, um, yeah, right. That's true. Um, there was a a zone aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of using a little bit of what the CrossFit model was, um, but a little bit more, um, probably the best way to describe it, okay, is that when you looked at Paleo, Rob Wolf, Mark Sisson, I consider those 
to be the better of the two. And Whole30 took what those guys said and then went really strict about it. That was sort of what... Right. I, I always get a phone call during these. Um, oh my gosh. But the... Uh, <laughs> but the... Um, but that's sort of what her her book was like, right? So rather than being being paleo, it was sort of this mishmash of kind of what they teach in the CrossFit cert, which is zone, right? Combined with paleo and then combined with less. And we're having all kinds of connectivity issues with um, Facebook right now. And so it continuously interrupts that. But um, so those guys are sort of missing some of the things that we're talking about, but um, hopefully it won't interrupt the podcast too much. Anyway, long story short, uh, you know, any contact that I was potentially having with Christmas Abbott through her agent um, clearly went away. Um, she went down the path of promoting that book. She did some seminars. No one really showed up at them. Um, and it was pretty much it, right? And so, you know, she has her gym. Uh, anyway, back to Big Brother. I'm, not, I'm only mentioning all these other things because it's relevant to why she is probably one of the first people out, right? Right. So the big things that you don't do in Big Brother is you don't come in cocky, right? Right. Um, and it almost always kills you in the end. And you almost certainly wouldn't come in fit, right? She can't hide the muscles, right? No. And part of the reason why she's on the show is because they always want to have certain amount of eye candy, certain amount of this, certain amount of that. And it's just so interesting because every single year they cast kind of a version of the same person over and over and over mm -hmm. again, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but... One of the things that she said was that she was a CrossFit champion. Now, I, I have to say, like, she might be a CrossFit champion. I don't necessarily understand what the criteria is for that. And I have to tell you, there's that those years of CrossFit um, that are sort of like the, the hidden years, right? Right. Um, and so she might have been the CrossFit champion in 2007 for all I know. Right. Um, right. But, you know, if we're con if she was, then great. But she certainly shouldn't say it. You know, I, yeah. like the I worst know. thing you could do is to say to people, you know, I'm really smart. I run my own business and I'm really good at competitions. Hey, guys, kick me out as soon as possible. Right? Right. You know, like, it's a game. You want to play that, you know, hey, I'm just here with you guys. I'm just some bumpkin here from North Carolina. You know, got me some muscles, you know, mostly in the gym all the time doing that thing. That would have been the angle. Right? Right. But instead, right. you know, and, and, and look, people are going to go, dude, she's doing it for PR. I get it. She's doing it for PR. I understand why she's doing it, right? But she's not winning five hundred thousand dollars, and she's gonna be one of the first people out. And more than that, you know, I used to play poker, 
And and I want to say one thing really quick. Because a lot of people are going to say, well, Paul's just hating on her because she's a celebrity. I've played poker with real celebrities. Like, if I was going to hate on somebody, I would tell the story about how when I played poker with Michael Jordan. Right? So I'm not... I'm not, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, awed by internet celebrity. This is not from a place of hating on Christmas Abbott and her bad nutrition book. This is a place from how do you win a game? I was able to take money from poker players that were a lot smarter than me as people, right? But one of the things that happened, like I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was really smart right? Like, you know, PhD level person. Um, but a little bit of an ego guy. And I was mm -hmm. like, honestly, man, you should never play poker. You know, <laughs> I was like, you're really good at what you do. Keep doing that. But your ego, you would lose so much money. So I was able to take people's ego and use that against them, right? To take their money. You know, mm -hmm. and when you say, well, what makes a good poker player? Well, you know, the, the simple answer is play tight when they're playing weak, you know, play weak when they're playing tight, right? Those types of things. You want to always play against cast, but you never want to be known as the guy who's really good at poker. Right. Right. You always want to, you always want to be, you want to play up your losses, you know, and you want to downplay your wins, you know? And she's going in doing the opposite of that, you know? And she walked in with a target on her back with the dress that she had on when she's naturally in like a bikini for competitions. That's, you know, she just naturally got a target on her back, right? So if she, I and oh, by the way, just so you guys know, one of the best things that would ever happen, you know, is if Christmas Abbott to win Big Brother. So I'm rooting for her. Uh, I I would love to see the odds. You know, um, there actually are odds on this stuff. Um, and uh, I would think that if I was looking at odds, I, I don't know most of their names, but right now I would say the heavy favorite is Matt, right? So he's, it was just so funny because he's like this salt and pepper guy. Um He's like abbed up, 33 years old. Um, and I mean, all the gals on the show were like, wow, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think one of the things that's sort of interesting, you know, as we, we move on to performance and muscle gain, you know, and this will be how I transition to that. A lot of people will look at that guy or look at Christmas Abbott or become fans of these people and then start listening to what they say. And I think of, there's a podcast from a guy that was on a reality TV show that's like super paleo guy, you know? And that guy's fit, you know? Um, but he's been fit for his whole life, right? Mm -hmm. He's been working out since he was 12 years old. You know, right. he played every sport. Right. He played Division One. You know, there, there's just a lot of advantages there. Some of the people that have the least amount of information related to all that stuff are the people that are all abbed up, right? And um, the worst thing that you can do is read information from the abbed up person and assume that it applies to you, as an example, if you're someone 
grossly overweight, you know. Um, and, you know, similarly, if you're, um, they're just, you know, every time you give me a scenario, I can give you kind of the opposite scenario. That's how individual pretty much everyone is, you know. Right. So, which is a good transition to kind of performance and muscle gain. So I, I want to kind of do a primer on um, what, you know, how we view it and how kind of everyone else views it. And sometimes there's going to be some similarities and sometimes there's not going to be. Um, with fat loss, there's really not a lot of similarities between what we teach um, and what everyone else teaches, right? But with performance and muscle gain, there's some similarities, but because of our app, we're able to do some things that they can't do. So in general, when you're trying to put on muscle, um, everyone's sort of looking for lean gains, right? So that's, that's sort of, and I know that lean gains is sort of a brand, right? That's related to, um, intermittent fasting and skipping breakfast and all this other stuff. What I'm talking about is gaining lean mass while not putting on a lot of fat. Um, the way that we address this is through performance recomp. Um, there are various ways people would use performance recomp. So, so to give you the basic criteria for performance recomp, if you were today 168 pounds, I would set you at 168.9. And basically every time you hit that 168.9, you would get more food. Sometimes it would be carbs, sometimes it would be protein, sometimes it would be fats. But in general, we're trying to get you the most fuel. And so one of the things that I wrote, um, well actually I'm gonna hold off on that for just a second. No, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to bring it up because there's some similarities to performance recomp and muscle gain. But every time you get more food, sometimes it takes your body a little bit of a time to adjust and it can be a little bit uncomfortable as you're getting more food. And so people will say, you know, I might feel a little bloated, a little bit uncomfortable. You know, is this right for me? Um, and... You know, I would say that if you're bloated um, occasionally, that you're doing it right. Like that you cannot put on lean mass without being bloated on occasion because that's sort of how you do it. You have to have periods where you're at a surplus. That's how you gain lean mass. So when you think of it and you think of any type of growth spurt, Remember when you were 13 and went from, you know, four foot 11 to five foot eight, right? Or you're a gal and you were four foot six to five foot two, you know, right. there might've been a lot of Taco Bell involved, right? And then you didn't gain necessarily a lot of weight per se uh, or, or fat in that process, but your body was really asking you for food and at that point, you just listened to your body, right? right? And it wasn't always the quality of food that we would necessarily recommend. But if you ask me what is more correct, you know, whether quality of food matters more or matters less, you know, I would say when you're hungry, 
having some ideas of amounts to, to amounts to eat is actually more important than the quality. I'm a big fan of quality, right? But if your option is starve when you're hungry, right? Right. Or quality of food, you know, I would say go to McDonald's, right? Correct. You know, as long as yeah. the goal isn't McDonald's all the time, right? That's where the rice checks person, the rice checks person is assuming that I just live on rice checks all the time, you know, okay. which honestly is kind of true. <laughs> I have to say, like as a <laughs> snack, it's kind of a good snack. You know, yeah. it, 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 you know, it, it's, it's, it's mostly starch. It's not a lot of fat. Um, the only thing, the only real negative is that, that you can see from rice checks is sodium, right? Um, and because I'm an active individual, sodium typically isn't bad for me. and sort of helps the bioavailability of the carbohydrates, which means it loads better into your muscles, right? So when you're trying to maintain and build muscle, it's kind of helpful. Um, and so, uh, when we were talking about performance recomp, I was explaining it like this, right? So when you buy a Ferrari, right, you have to buy a lot of gas. It doesn't get very good gas mileage. And then you have this monster payment, right? Right. But when you're done, you have a Ferrari. That's sort of what performance and muscle gain is like, right? Is that you're going to be dealing with the discomfort of the gas payment, the discomfort of the payment for the car, right? But you get to drive around in a Ferrari, you know? And in the instance of performance and muscle gain, especially performance, performance recomp, you're going to be lifting heavier. You're going to be feeling better. You're going to be more energetic. You know, you're going to be sleeping better. You know, sex drive is off the roof when you're on performance recon. You know, I mean, it just is. I'm just, I'm just telling you, like, it, it, it gets nuts, you know. Um, and it's kind of funny because all the do less, uh, what is it? You know, do more, eat less people. Yeah. You know, their hair's falling out. They can't get it up. You know what I mean? All these things. They can't sleep. Um, and you know, they're like, well, well, are you a fan of carbohydrates or are you a fan of fats? We're a fan of both, right? Right. We want you eating the most of both so you can be the most human being that you can possibly be. Right. And so I think that that's a good primer for performance recomp. It's really simple though, you know, in general and people go, well, don't you gain weight? We have a client. I mean, we have a client. We have hundreds of clients doing performance yeah. recomp that are getting bumped like every single day. And they get yeah. mad at me because they're getting so much food every single day that they have to readjust their macros every single day. You know, so I tend to try to give them, you know, fats on one day, carbs on another day. So then, you know, they can just have a few more almonds or a few more rice checks or something like that yeah. to kind of fill it out. But, you know, we had Stephanie Burke would put our, put her up, um, an image of her doing really hard pull-ups and she's hit the goal, you know, of the last 14 days, you know, I think she's hit it 11, you know, like at that point you get tired of having that much food. It becomes like you're, you're, another job 
you know? Right. Um, and then you go, well, yeah, and then you feel like you need to work out all the time. Not necessarily. I mean, part of the goal for performance recomp and, and what I suggest for folks is to really bring down their steps a lot, you know, because part of what we're trying to do is kind of build lean mass, really use it as a way to um, get better at lifting weights, you know, or get better at your know, body weight movements or, or things of that nature. So, so a lot of the times when, you know, your steps now, if, if steps is your sport, there's nothing we can do about that. Right. So, right. so if your sport is naturally catabolic, like running can be, you know, then we'll just work out of season. Right. And, you know, runners are so, you know, it's so interesting because like the regular average runner who's like, you know, um, you know, I can just walk out of my house and run. Like running, the cost of entry for running is so easy. You just throw on shoes and you run, you know? Right. But those folks aren't particularly enlightened as it relates to running. If you're like a competitive runner and you're a marathoner and things like this, out of season, those guys are lifting weights, right? Yeah. Because you're going to lose muscle in that process. And so you want to be stronger going into running season. And so something to keep in mind there. Um, in terms of muscle gain, muscle gain is real simple as it relates to eat to perform. And I think it's real simple as it relates to, um, most other people out there. People are scared to get fat. Oh yeah. It's almost impossible to intentionally make yourself fat. I right. want to say that again. Because there's a lot of people listening to this that get upset by being two to three pounds overweight, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so my weight went up two to three pounds because I went to a grad party and I went to a barbecue. You are not causing obesity at that point. Like, mm -hmm. if you want to test my theory, go right ahead, Right. You what you're going to find is is that as you start to up your calories, what's going to end up happening is you're going to feel like a heat stick, right? I mean, you're going to be sweating all the time. You know, yeah. you're you're going to have more energy. You're going to work out. You're going to sleep deeper. Is all these favorable things now? There is a level of, of discomfort, you know. I mean, when we start to get into the 4,000, 5,000 calorie range, like women for a 3,000, 3,500 calorie range, you know, getting up to that point can be somewhat uncomfortable. The way that it's not uncomfortable is when you're earning it, right? So if you're a triathlete and you're like, man, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not uncomfortable at all. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying, because you're not putting on muscle. If you're not a little bloated occasionally, you're not doing it right. And I would argue even in fat loss, there has to be moments where, you know, that's a little bit of what Super Days do, right? So Lori asked me to talk about this. I don't know that everybody's going to hear this, but... One of the secrets to eat to perform is that we intentionally try to get your weight to go up on certain days 
So it's down over time. It's very few people that are trying, you know, I would say out of 5,000 customers, right, um, that are in the app right now, on muscle gain, I mean, what would you say, Sarah, maybe 100? You know what I'm saying? Like 150? Yeah. You know, it's not a lot. You know, the good majority of the client base for each perform is going to be people that are more interested in performance recomp. I mean, performance recomp would probably have 1,500, and then the rest of the people are either on some version of performance or version of fat loss, which is relatively the same right now. Um, but the way that the rhythm that we have you guys do is designed is to have moments of surplus so that your body's not in a state of being uncomfortable all the time. So on the rare occasions when we are uncomfortable and you are potentially eating at a deficit, it was actually an interesting conversation, you know, um, well, I'm not going to get distracted, okay? Here's the main point. The main point is your weight will not go down if your weight does not go up, right? Yes. And so you should almost root for your weight to be up. And when you go through a few cycles of that and you know how it works, guess what you just figured out? Everything, <laughs> right? All that shit that's frustrated and confusing you and all that other type of stuff, now you get it, right? Right. And, you know, we see a lot of people that, you know, um, get it, they've moved on, right? And, and they're just having great success doing Eat to Perform, yeah. you know? Um, some people like the accountability, you know? Um, but when we look at, you know, as an example, um, on the high, medium, medium, low day, right? High day comes after a low day. Weight should probably be up. Medium day, mm -hmm. weight should probably be stable to up. Medium day, weight should probably be stable to up, okay? When I see people the most frustrated, it's in those three days. Yeah. Those three days set up the other four days, right. right? That's a little bit of what makes us work. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only way to get to a deficit. In fact, I'm going to talk about how to get to a deficit right now, right? So, like, even on performance recomp. So, Let's look at, you know, somebody who, you know, is getting bumped a lot um, and they're a triathlete or they're someone with a high, high burn rate, right? So it's not necessarily, they're not feeling bloated. Those people are at a deficit, right? Even if you're eating 3,500 calories, if you're burning more than that, you're at a deficit, right? right. So kind of... And, you know, and Brad made a video about this a long time ago, and, and it was very interesting to people. I wish, you know, I could tag it right now. Um, but how would you like your deficit? Would you like your deficit, you know, eating 2,500 calories at a female, right? Or would you like it at 1,200 calories? Most of you will say, I like it at 1,200 calories because I want to pull out my Band-Aid off as quick as possible and be done. And that's exactly why you're in rinse and repeat mode constantly. 
right? And so, so just remember that part of your frustration, like I had someone say to me, I was hoping to be X amount of weight. This was never a discussion we had, right? Never had this discussion. If we had this discussion, I would told her, don't do that, right? Right. But she's like, I was hoping to be X amount of weight by July, right? And she was only like two pounds off. So her whole journey, success and failure, yeah, was based yeah. on those two pounds. She's down 20 pounds. Yeah. Like within... That's so crazy. Within awesome. a very short period of time. And so, well, it's crazy awesome unless you define your journey by some made up bullshit timeline, right? right? So if you may, if, if you have a bullshit timeline, well then, you know, you're going to be really messed up, you know, but, you know, and, and, you know, part of the idea, you know, is to kind of get her to, into performance recomp. And in my timeline was infinity, right? right. Because right. I know that she's on the right path. You know, right. but the problem is, is that, you know, the, if you, you know, I, I, I like using this, you know, um, way of thinking because I think it helps people and it, it sort of describes things as it relates to, this is actually, I hadn't even thought of this one yet, but if you thought of it like a video game, right. And you were at level one. And level one, we'll call that fat loss. So at level one, you're at fat loss. And um, you go through and you do your fat loss and you lose 10 to 12 pounds. And over the course of, let's say, two weeks, you know, we brought you through various cycles. We've done it the exact opposite of every single person out there. And you've lost 12 weights or 12 pounds by getting a deficit going up okay now you have the option right so the 10 to 12 pound people that becomes obvious right yeah i'm up for a little bonus round action so think of bonus round as performance recon right yeah so so your 10 10 to 12 pound person they're like i'm down sometimes right like the 20 pound gal, I'm going to talk her into performance recomp, but I'm not guaranteed she's going to stay there because you have another option, right? So if you're thinking of it like a video game, think of it like this. You have completed level one. You have two options. You could play the bonus rounds, performance recomp, or you can play the extra bonus round muscle game, or you can go back to level two. Right? So you, so so now you're at level two and you're like, level two sounds like the best option for me. I could just be losing weight all the time. And that's not how it works. That's still a little bit of the 1200 mentality. Right? right? Totally. And so if you're not pushing capacity, if you're not pushing who you are as a human being, right? This is what we always see with the muscle game folks. Right. It's like, oh, it's so frustrated. You know, I'm bloated and my, my Tanita scale at home, you know, I'm not showing any any body fat or any lean mass gains. Yeah, that's right. That's that's exactly how it works. Right. 
Like, like they're like, really? That's how it works? I wouldn't have signed up for that. It's like, well, what'd you think? Like, like, right. do you realize the the mechanisms for a growth spurt? Right? What needs to happen for your body to want to make lean tissue? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like your body doesn't right. want to do that easily. Your body wants to store fat easily, right? But your body doesn't want to make lean tissue easy. So in terms of muscle gain, one of the things that a lot of people don't think about, this is one of the things that I harp on that I almost never hear anybody talk about, right? You show me somebody 400 pounds and I'll show you somebody with 200 pounds of lean mass. Mm -hmm. And so one of the secrets is of course gaining weight. You're like, well, I don't want to gain 400 pounds. I'm not saying you should gain 400 pounds. What I'm saying is, is that your body is the best resistance tool you will ever have, right? And so when you go up to 155, there's a few things that happen. So I'm just like using an example. Let's say you're 145 and we're slowly moving you up, you know, and you decide that you know your target that's not how we set it we would set your target at 148.9 right so i'll I'll just talk on that so you get to 148.9 it's like oh gosh this is frustrating my my body weight movements aren't as good um my tanita scale says that you know uh my my body fat percentage is higher um, this seems to be contradictory to everything that I would want in my brain. It's like, yeah, that, yep, yep. You're doing it right. That's exactly how it works. Right. Um, because it takes a while for your body to adjust to that. Right. So like everyone always wants to focus on how they get better at pull-ups and look, no question about it. When I weighed 150 pounds, you know, I could stay on the bar for days, right? Mm-hmm. But did that make me a better human being because I couldn't lift anything, right? So you're always looking for some layer of compromise trying to get to both, right? So now you're 148.9 is the example that I'm using and pull-ups are a little bit harder, right? And before you could do 10 and now you can only do six. Mm-hmm. By the time you're able to go from six to 10, that's how ultimately you're going to put on lean mass. Right. Right. So you are asking your body to do something. It depends. It depends on how you look at it. Actually, I think there are, there are age ranges, certainly when you're in your teens, when you're in your 20s. Your body wants to to do all the amazing things and and expand. Like I used to have an article that was very popular. And it was talking about studies related to genetic potential related to muscle. And the reason why these studies are important is because it's how they view is someone on steroids. That was a little bit of the criteria that was being used in this example. And what I was saying is, 
if you're intentionally keeping your calories low, like as an example, like one of the things that people will often compare us to is if it fits your macros, which I don't really have too many issues with if it fits your macros other than the fact that they're always dieting, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're intentionally not expanding yourself. Now, there are a lot of bodybuilders, as an example, that are going into bulk phases. That's a little bit different than the performance phases that we talk about, but that's at least more correct than what I'm talking about. Right. In general, though, the good majority of people that are like, you know, I get to eat a little bit more flexibly. Yeah, I'm hungry as hell, but I get to have a Pop-Tart once a week, you know. Um, <laughs> and look, like I said, you know, this is sort of like the Christmas habit thing. You know, people are going to go, oh, God, he ate it fits your macros. Look, you can believe whatever you want to believe, right? Go ahead and believe whatever you want to believe. I right? I am 100% against dieting all the time. You betcha. I am 100% against bad nutrition information. It doesn't right. make, you know, it's like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't make Alabama fans or LSU fans bad, right? Just because a few people suck, you know? Doesn't make you a hater. <laughs> doesn't make you a hater. Right. Um, and so, um, I, um, but muscle gain is really one of those things where if you can't be patient, you know, it right. probably ain't your jam, you know. Right. But if you can be patient, you know, when I went through my phase related to, to muscle gain, you know, and I, I don't do sets and reps for three hours a day or anything like that, you know. Uh, but I know how phases work, right? There's, there's your strength phase and then there's your um, volume phase. Through the strength phase, you know, which was probably about two years, you know, I went from basically deadlifting, you know, 135 pounds to deadlifting almost 500 pounds. Right. By the time I was at 500 pounds, uh, I think I had worked back up to 20%. I mean, I remember this is so funny because I actually still leave it in my MyFitnessPal. There's probably people who see my MyFitnessPal uh, and they're like, they're like, why is he aspiring to 20%? That's from, you know, 10 years ago, right? Like 20% was like the number I couldn't crack until of course I got to nine, right? And muscle gain was a big part of the reason why. So going back to 20% was like, oh my God, this sucks. You know, I wanted to get back this, you know, and it was very frustrating seeing that number. But at that point, I understood what needed to happen. And I can't say that I was okay with it. I'm still not okay with it. I'm still not okay with what it takes to put on lean mass. Yeah. Um, there are moments where I look in the mirror and, and I mean, imagine, you know, the golden ticket. Imagine you know how to do it, right? You're Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, like like I am Willy Wonka. I have the golden ticket, but you know I have to convince myself every single day that you know uh, there's there's the Oompa Loompa stage, and then there's the uh, Veruca Salt stage where you're angry and frustrated all the time. And, <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. There, then there's the Charlie phase where you, in the end yeah. in you, you own the candy factory, like all these metaphors. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> probably bugging bugging the hell out of people. Yeah. I just love that I got you to say that you're Willy Wonka. You literally said, I'm Willy Wonka. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I, you know, I'm making a meme out of that or a, a gift. I have always thought that I was Willy Wonka. You know, um, I mean, let's compare to me to Willy Wonka. I'm pro chocolate, <laughs> right? Um, I'm very pro um, fun and atmosphere, right? If I could, yeah. if I could snap my fingers and turn each of them in a video game that was in a live setting, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, like that would be so. Uh, yeah, imagine imagine that. I I think I think actually, when we look back, ten years from now, if that doesn't happen, I mean, like a lot of people don't know this, but um, we have each perform summer camp, right? That's a little bit of what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to test that idea. I wanted to see, like you know, what could we do that could take this from an idea to something amazing, you know? Right. One of the problems that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, want to compare us to various things. I don't compare myself to any of those plans, right? Like, so some people right. say, you know, um, you know, some of my clients might have read the Christmas Sabbath book, as an example, or some of my clients right. might have read some other smaller competitors, right? And they'll go, well, you're similar to this. I mean, we're really not similar to anything. And when you join, you'll figure out why, right? Right, exactly, yeah. But um, when I look at how I invest into my business, I'm not trying to give nutrition information and then take money off the table, right? I'm trying to destroy the whole diet industry, right? Like, like for real. I I, love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Mark Zuckerberg, when he created Facebook, he didn't go, you know, it'd be nice for a couple people to show some dick pics, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you can't limit your ideas to what the norm yeah. for social media was. You have to right. be thinking to yourself, how can businesses integrate with this? How can this, you know, get water to areas of the world that don't have water? You know, um, you have to think much bigger. And I've known for four years, you know, in every, every three to six months, we seem to make these big jumps. There's an interesting thing about that, you know, because a friend of mine was talking to me about like um, series one financing or, or, you know, kind of viewing yourself as a startup and, and, and presenting yourself. Look, a lot of those businesses, they spend all their time working towards getting money from Kleiner Perkins, you know, or getting money from whatever your flavor of VC group right. is, or doing a Kickstarter or doing, there's a great example. So there, there's this fitness tracker, right? There's been a number of fitness trackers. Um, 
and through um, like Kickstarter and some of these other things, they raised uh, $12 million. And I really liked their company. And I emailed them. Um, I was like, hey, you know, 1.5 million fans, a lot of really engaged customers. Would love to chat with somebody. You know, crickets, no one reached out to me. You know, most of these businesses don't have an end game in mind. Right. You, if you, it, look, you can want to be Fitbit, right? Or you can want to put Fitbit out of business. Right. You have to think, how can I put Fitbit out of business? And oh, by the way, one of my goals is to put Fitbit out of business. Think about it. Like, think about it, think about it realistically, okay? If you're, and I, I said this in a post earlier. <laughs> right now, there's like 34 people watching, um, so there's really not a lot. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people listening listen to the podcast afterwards. Um, what is Nike trying to do, right? What is Fitbit trying to do? What is my fitness pal trying to solve? They are all trying to solve what I know, right? So if I mm -hmm. know the answer to body composition, then doesn't it make sense that I'll be able to branch off into these other things much easier than they will be? I mean, granted, you know, if you're Nike, you can pivot as a fashion company, right? And right. they're much bigger as a fashion company. Like most people that wear their basketball shoes don't play basketball in them. Most people that right. have their running shoes don't run in them. Right. Um, right. And when you look at something like their weightlifting shoes and you go, well, what about the weightlifting shoes? You know, well, they don't sell many of those, right? Right. So they get used by weightlifters, but they're really not a lot of weightlifters. Like Mike was, Mike sent us a stat that was really interesting. Mike Milner, one of the coaches that he performed. And it was, was like athletes under 30 um, on social media, 30% of them are interested in fitness by survey. And then only 10 of them actually per, <laughs> participate. Yeah. You know, um, if in your 20s, you're interested, but you don't participate, what you see is why these fitness companies. So you go, well, why would those Under Armour, why would they buy my fitness pal? That's the way they were thinking, right? right. The way they were thinking is I'll have a wearable. I'll have this. I'll have that, right? All of these were supposed to be the answer to fat loss. Well, how's it working for you, My Fitness Pal? Right. Right? Go to the My Fitness Pal forums right now. You know, if you can find some people that haven't figured out, good luck. I see a lot of people that are hangry. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. And so when I say we're trying to solve life's biggest problems, it depends on how you view food. Right? Because everyone eats that means that everyone on the planet is a potential client for fat loss performance muscle gain 
right? Mm -hmm. And all of those people at some point, right, are going to look at those running shoes that are a little shiny. You've been dusting them off, right? Like you've been polishing them. So when you go out on date night, then you're like, wait a second. I think those (laughs) things are good for something, right? What you realize is that if you start from where I'm at, we're the real answer. You know, the, the big issue, and we'll end on this note. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Sarah talk. She hasn't been able to talk the whole oh, time. Oh, whatever. I, listen, we know how this goes. You don't let me talk. Yeah. I'm here to be show pony. You're the show You're pony right. of the Eat to Perform podcast. Though, actually, you know, it. I, I have to say, I have to give you monster kudos. Your, what? your um, live call that you did. Oh. That yeah, was super, super popular, and that needs to be like a monthly thing, right? Because what happens is, is all the new people don't realize that there's a, there's, you know, a welcome, a welcome. call. I know. That's what I realized. Yeah. That's why I just thought, got to do it. I hate Facebook Live, though, for oh, myself, because s- I can't control it. You're so good, though, right? Okay, Yeah, I think you're really good at it. I think you're selling yourself short. Okay. Um, because I think, one, you're a little quirky, a little funny, right? Who get out of town. I'm yeah. not quirky. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Like, can, you be, can I be like suave or something like that? Sure. I have to be the quirky one. See, that's like me. You see, you're like me, right? <laughs> like, my only option was going for cute, right? So, like, when I was in high school, you know, I wasn't like the beefy guy. You know, I had to be the funny, cute guy, right? Right. I feel you. I, I just want to be the. I just want to be the hot guy like once. I want one person to go. Oh my god! So you don't. You'll. We were comparing Brad to George Clooney on this morning. I know. Like, like it's It's amazing. Brad does a video and he gets like marriage proposals. I do a video. I do a video and go, guy, cut your hair, dude. People, people say that. Yeah, like oh, the like, comparison with Steve Carell. Steve yeah. Carell's gray hairs, his silver hairs. Now they were comparing him to George Clooney. So you could be Brad Steve Carell. Really, really, I get Clooney. to be Steve Carell. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, but by I'm the way, the by the way, so Eddie from. Some- by the way, Eddie from Kentucky. Um, until you and I uh, start having marital relations, I don't really give a shit what you think about my hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, we were in. Those the, are Paul's. Uh, those are Paul's muscle gain macros talking. Just so you guys know. All right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, go, I'm trying. Marital status of his hair. I'm, got I'm, it. I'm trying to go from cute to hot. Um, there you go. So now you now you guys all know my motivation. Um. <laughs> What were we talking about though? Because it was pretty important. Oh, we we see we. You were telling me you're going to give me a chance to talk. So right before you said you're going to give me a chance to talk. No. You said you're going to do this, and then you're going to give me a chance to talk. I know. And then I called you out. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you know, like like your mom used to say, you know, it probably wasn't all that important anyway. Um. 
it was important, Willie. It will worry. it will come up at some point, or I will just go to the end of the podcast and I will get a reminder and then I'll post it to the comments. How about that? All right, guys. So we will end on that note. Everybody having a, a great extended weekend. I'm actually really excited. My wife and I are going. Um, so a couple things happening in my world that are interesting. Um, this weekend we're going um, back to the Hewitt. I think it's I think it's the Hewitt um, in downtown Minneapolis. They have a kind of a rooftop. Uh, oh, that's pool. what you yeah the rooftop place. You the guys roof, rooftop pool. We went there during the winter. Of course, the rooftop oh, wasn't nice. open. So kind of excited about that. Um, and then of course Fourth of July. So it'll be relatively chill in Eaton Farmland. Um, and then, uh, uh, I have Austin, um, I know you I'm do. doing the, so the meetup in Austin and then eat for the summer camp in August. So lots of really cool stuff. And CrossFit games. And we have the games. That's true. That's true. The, the games are going to be so much better this year. Um, if only because the people that are around it, like for instance, I knew people at the CrossFit games and I always had a great time. Right. But there was never a lot of people coming from the Midwest to go to the CrossFit games. Right. There's a whole contingent from my gym going, there's a whole contingent from your gym going. Right. Oh yeah. And like this whole area. Madison yeah. is going to be so, so cool to do it because it's a small little town. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you were in, just so you guys know, in Carson, when you left, you know, unless you knew someone, you were just kind of going back to the hotel and you yeah. weren't going to know anybody. Madison right. is small, right? So you're going to go to the bar and every other person is going to be a CrossFitter that you may or may not know. Oh, yeah. 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 It's going to be. They're going to be blacks. I mean, there's so many people going. Yeah, because like even even in the case of of people that you know lived, I mean, the good majority of the people that went to the CrossFit Games were from LA, right? And so so what did they go to like the local bar afterwards? No, they went home, you know. Um, and so the fact that we're showing up there on mass, I think that that's gonna be fun. Um, and. Uh, Really super excited about that. Um, and just what they come up with, you know, in terms of how to use the venue. All right. I appreciate everybody being here, and we will um, talk to you guys later. Bye, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye now.